Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Today's episode is a recording of the sermon from this past Sunday, Sunday, April 25th. Normally, I post this on Monday. We had a little gap in getting the audio file pulled up, so I'm giving it to you now at the end of the week. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, If you hadn't had a chance to listen to it yet, I talk about the importance of empty spaces and how rests in music are just as important as the notes themselves. And then I apply that to our life of faith and the times when God shows up in difficult moments and how that really ties in with the resurrection on its own. I'll let you listen to it now, though. Uh, Keep in mind, as part of worship this past Sunday, we had a performance of the Bach Cantata. And so if you didn't get to hear or listen to it, it's a gorgeous uh, piece of music and just performed so well by our chancel choir and musicians. Uh, So you can find, of course, I'll leave a link in the show notes to the full worship service if you wanted to watch and experience that cantata as well. But here is the sermon audio from this past Sunday. It's a sermon based on Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. Today, we have the privilege of hearing an absolutely beautiful piece of music. And I hope that hearing this music today will be an act of worship for you. I hope that the melodies and the harmonies and the strings and the voices will somehow connect you with God and give you life. It's amazing how music can do that to us, isn't it? How just the right song, just the right soprano descant or five-part harmony or extended organ run can somehow fill our souls with a sense of God's presence in a way that we weren't expecting, in a way that we can't fully describe and put into words. I hope and pray that you can have an experience like that here this morning through hearing this music. That it really is an act of worship to simply sit and listen to something so beautiful. But I want you to know that before we get to the music itself, I want to say a few words, not about how God shows up in the notes that we hear, but about how God shows up in the empty spaces. You see, any musician will tell you that the rest and the spaces between the notes are just as important as the notes themselves. Growing up, I was a trumpet player in school. I played in bands in high school and in college. And so I learned really quickly that I needed to pay very careful attention to the rests on the page. As a trumpet player, you have to be confident and aggressive and assertive. You have to play your trumpet loudly so that you hit the note right. And so I learned very quickly that if I came in during a rest, everyone would know. So to save myself some embarrassment, I got in the practice of circling and highlighting the rests on the page because I knew that they were just as important as the notes themselves. A rest in music is such a funny thing. It doesn't really make logical sense when I say this to you. Listen, but it's true. The lack of music is somehow just as important as the music itself. It's the same way with the Bible. Oftentimes, what is not said within the scriptures is just as important as what is said. We just heard this gospel passage from the Gospel of Mark. 
This is Mark's telling of the Easter story. And just a word, you, the really astute listeners out, of there, out there might have noticed, hey, wait a second, we just heard this gospel passage read on Easter Sunday, didn't we? Good job, bonus points for all of you, church bonus points, they're redeemable later. But the thing about it is that when Bach wrote his cantata that we're about to hear, he was using the Gospel of Mark passage that we just read as inspiration. He was also using that passage from 1 Corinthians that Janet read for us. So we read those today because they help bring color and meaning to the music we're about to hear. I just think that's really cool and wanted to mention it. But back to the details of Mark's gospel. If you look through Mark's account of the resurrection, I want you to notice what's not there. Nowhere in Mark's account of the resurrection does he ever mention Jesus appearing as a raised entity from the grave. All we get is the empty tomb and an angel and a declaration that Jesus will be in Galilee on ahead. Now, if you open your Bibles, you might notice that Mark's gospel has an addition. In, verse, in chapter 16, there's also a verse 9 through 20. But in most Bibles, verses 9 through 20 comes with a little disclaimer that says, these verses were added later to Mark's gospel. It seems that Mark's intent was to end his articulation of the resurrection at verse 8, with the women fleeing the tomb terrified and amazed. It's almost like he ended it with an ellipsis, a dot, dot, dot. There's more to this story to come, and you, the reader, are going to be the one to discover it. I'm really glad that we have other Gospels that give us actual accounts of Jesus appearing to his disciples after he's been raised from the dead. But I really like what Mark is inviting us to consider. Mark is inviting us to consider the ways that empty space can still tell a story. Look, too, at what the angel says to the women who appear in the, in, in the, at the tomb. The angel says to the women, look, there is the place that you laid him. The angel points to an empty space. And yet that empty space isn't a cause for despair or alarm. The empty space tells the story as well. Jesus is not here because he has been risen. The empty tomb tells a story. Mark's gospel is inviting us to see how empty spaces, emptiness itself, can still contain the power of God. What if we could learn to see emptiness in this way? What if we could see the empty spaces in our life not as cause for despair, but as an indication of Jesus's resurrection power? Think about it. We're always trying to fill the emptiness, aren't we? The emptiness we feel inside ourselves, the empty times in our day, we just try and fill it up with distractions and more stuff. I do it too. I admit it. Who, who joins me? When you're feeling just a little down and just a little blue, do you ever go to Amazon? <laughs> yeah. Somehow that feeling of inadequacy that you have can be momentarily displaced. Oh, this purchase for this new gadget that I really don't need, I feel really good now knowing it's on the way. And then four hours later, when it arrives on your doorstep, you're even more amazed. But it's fleeting, isn't it? A week or two later, you might be right back on Amazon, 
trying to make another purchase to fill the emptiness? Or what about just when you're bored? Just when you're bored. Boredom seems to be the thing in our society that we want to avoid most. Heaven forbid we should ever have to not be entertained. And so when you're feeling bored, you, you pull out your cell phone and you just scroll through social media. It doesn't make you feel better. You feel worse at the end of that hour of scrolling through your newsfeed. But at least you weren't bored. Why is it that we do this? Trying to constantly fill the emptiness. What if rather than avoiding the emptiness and the boredom, what if we saw those places, those moments of lack, as reminders of God's presence and God's power? There's a philosopher that I've been reading a lot of lately. His name is Pete Rollins. He's Irish. And he talks about how we as a society are always looking for the secret, for that one thing that will finally make life make sense. Oh, once I get the promotion, then I'll be happy. Oh, once I buy the house, then I'll be happy. Or get the new car, or whatever it is. We're constantly looking for the secret and feel like we lack the secret. But Pete Rollins says, what if it's not that we lack the secret, what if the secret is the lack? What if we could see these empty spaces, these moments of discomfort, as opportunity for transformation? Opportunity for God to come in to the difficult parts of our being and change it around. The angel says to the women, look at that empty space. And then the angel says, go to Galilee and you will see Jesus there. Friends, we're invited to look at the empty spaces in our life and to fill in the rest of the story. To know that Jesus can work in the empty spaces. In fact, Jesus already has overcome our despair and our emptiness and our sinfulness and our lack. Jesus is already ahead of us in Galilee, ahead of us in heaven waiting to bring this whole story to a beautiful conclusion. We're invited to see the power of God in the empty spaces. We look at the emptiness of a tomb and we don't see it as cause for despair. We see it as proof that God can do the impossible. God can redeem and restore and resurrect whatever we might be facing at the moment. The empty parts of our life, maybe they're just like rests in a musical piece. They're just as important as the notes themselves. That is to say, when you put notes and rests in the hands of a great musician, it's just like when you put the joys of your life and the difficult times in your life in the hands of God. Either way, the result is going to be something beautiful and life-giving. May you find that joy today, but may you also encounter the empty spaces of your life and know that God can work there too. It's like beautiful music. Beautiful music that inspires us, that connects us, that gives us life. Amen.